You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. This time of the year, 37 years ago, I stood in a church service and uh, they prophesied over me, they declared over me that God had called me and set me, set me apart for the sake of ministry, the ministry of the gospel, the ministry of building his people, the ministry of standing for him without shame and declaring his name and his word 37 years ago. And I, since that time, you know, there, there are a lot of things that happen, but there's only a few things that really take special place in all those years. And I mean, it's hard to say which one's more special because helping someone come to faith in God, to know God personally and to, to know the Father is their Father and to be forgiven is, is an incredible highlight. And to watch people grow in that is an incredible highlight. But I'd have to say right up there at the top, somewhere in the top bracket, I'm not going to number them, but in the top bracket, one of the most, uh, one of the most gratifying, enjoy, enjoying kind of things in this job, in this ministry, is when you help somebody walk through to their calling and their purpose, and you watch them begin to live that, I tell you, it's worth it all. It's worth everything you do and every cost you've paid and everything that you do to make this happen. It is worth it all. And to walk this journey with, uh, with Mel Ashley, we've been, well, been walking together for 15 years. How many years ago did we do the wedding? Did you ask her? Okay. 10 years, it's, it's 10 years next month, isn't it? 10 years next month? Yeah. And then the four children. But then for the last two years in particular, Mel, in and out of my office, and we're talking, we're wrestling through, what does it mean to be called by God? Everyone has some kind of calling, but to be called to the ministry of the gospel um, and to walk that through with her has been such a privilege. And to now watch it begin to work its way out. What we're doing today, ordination is not me imparting something to her, but it's me confirming what the Holy Spirit's already done in her. I'm just here as a partner with God to lay hands on her along with the rest of the, staff, uh, the pastoral staff to say, we believe in God's calling on your life and God's anointing for this. And I know uh, her parents, where did they go? Right there, traveled all the way from Townsville. You are good parents. Wow, awesome. And, and I'd like to take the credit for what happened to Mel, but I can't because really it goes back to her parents. And uh, from the day, I mean, even at their wedding and from everything else, the children's dedication after that, it's all, you know, the Bible says, if you train up a child in the way they should go when they are old, they'll not depart from it. Uh, not only will they not depart from it, there's an add-on to that. They will grow in it and they will get stronger in it. And we've seen this with Mel's parents and, and uh, the family and Simon and Mel's journey together. So I'm gonna, going to invite Mel up, Mel Ashley. I know you guys know her. And... Yep, you sure can. I, I just want to say, I want to honor um, Helen and <laughs> Rod, but particularly Ellen. Helen, it's 15 years ago, I can remember sitting there after church service and Fraser prayed, and I can remember you and me crying, because she said to me, she, she was letting her girl go to university and, and all the rest, and I remember she said to me about being a spiritual mom to her. And I promised that, that we would take care of her, that she would be 
like a daughter to us. And I'm, I'm just so glad that I can see you to say, you know, because the tears we had because we of our being moms to know that your daughter's done an amazing job. And we just gave, give God the glory. And we're just so thankful that she's been like a daughter to us. So thank you for releasing her to you and to God. Thank you. I don't know if she's done more for us, <laughs> which has been great. I'm going to invite the pastoral staff up. Come on up, guys and gals. I see some of you guys fanning. I don't know what's happened to the air con today, but I will tell you, it's hotter up there, and it is hot up here. We're going to bear with it today. This humidity is going to break soon. It's just, just for Mel's parents to make them feel at home because they come down from Townsville. We put it on for you today. Nice and warm in here. Is everybody up here? Good? Great? Golly, they're young. Where, where's, where's our age? Come over here with us, Karen. Yeah, don't they look young, Karen? All of them. Hey, I'm young. It, it is a day of dreams. You can, we can, um, but it is a special day. I do have a scripture that I'm going to share because I think one of the things that, that kind of accelerated this was a prophetic word. I I don't even remember it. Get prophetic words. I don't log them down and write them down. But Mel wrote that down, and there's power in the prophetic word. Incredible power. Um, and you keep quoting that back to me. Um, so before I read the scripture and we pray over you, do you want to say anything about that or anything else? Because I know you're preaching later. Yeah, I, I am going to talk about the prophetic word. It's in very, a sermon, it's you can very save it. Significant, but I, I think just in that worship before, to be honest, I'm undone, and I'll follow God wherever He asks me to go, and that's why I'm here today. And church, I love you, and I'm honoured to serve you, and that's why I'm here. And, Good. And I'm honoured to serve Keith and Janet. They have been amazing in my life and they have picked up and followed on from the heritage that I have in my parents and I'm very blessed by you all and I'm blessed by this team who have allowed me to sit on the fringes for a few years and they've embraced me and they've loved me and um, I think four children might have had something to do with that yeah four children yeah but I'm a testimony you can have four children and you can serve God absolutely right. come on okay. some when, people think you're just finished when that happens no, no. no absolutely not so, um, absolutely yeah, not that's all for now. Good. Awesome. Awesome. Let me read a scripture. And I know this is Paul to Timothy, but it's in the same context because in a letter to a young pastor, and really it's, it's for you, not for the church. Um, but thinking about it and thinking back to that prophetic word in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, Paul said, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of of the eldership. And that's what's happening today. Instead of neglecting the gift, the exact opposite's happening. You're nurturing, releasing, and loosing that gift to just go to new heights. And, uh, and you're not neglecting that. And I know for some time it's been a stirring in you and been trying to find it. And today's a day, it's not where it's finally happening. It's a day where it's just launching to another level. He says, meditate on these things. There's going to be times when your head goes to all kinds of places in ministry. But when you begin to meditate on the goodness of God and the things that he said and the promises and the, and the fact that he's called you, it's an amazing thing to stand in this calling. I think it's the best job in the world. I'm biased. Um, I don't think it's the easiest, but I think it's the best. Not the highest paid, but the best. Meditate on these things. So when times happen around you, think about what the Father's trusted you with. Give yourself entirely to them. 
that your progress may be evident to all. We've watched you for 15 years from a university student to a mother to a called pastor. And we've watched you progress. But that is going to just seem so small compared to what's about to happen. He said, take heed to yourself. In other words, another version says, watch over your life and to the doctrine, the things you believe. Because when you continue in these, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and for those who hear you. There is power in living and speaking the Word of God. And we're going to ordain you to that today because it's not to a job position or a title, but to a calling in God that He has trusted you with that brings an anointing, and you're going to talk about that later, and an authority that comes with it, but also a a power of grace to loose on people that comes with it. Um, Don't be surprised if some people don't know how to relate to you in this. But neither be shocked when you see God do amazing things through this because it's not, it's not just another job. And so we're going to, once you step back here, get this out of the way, Tim, and we're going to, church, would you stand? Because even though we are, no, we'll just leave it here because it's got the certificate. Um, even though we are ordaining her, she's ordained as a pastor of C3 Victory that'll be recognized by C3 Church International, but we are the ordaining body. It's the local church that carries that right and releases that on a person because you, like us, see that calling, have recognized that calling, and, uh, and I'm kind of thankful we don't have to wrestle over that calling anymore. It's done. Yeah. I know you'd walk out of the office frustrated with some of the... I'd just ask her questions. And, you know, she'd come up, what about this? And I'd go, well, what do you think? And I'd send her away to search it out. She found it, which is good. You guys gather around her, lay hands on her. We're going to begin to prophetically declare over her. By the way, we're not imparting anointing. Mel's going to tell you a little bit about that anointing later and, uh, and show you how powerful that anointing is. But what we are doing is recognizing the anointing of God on this woman, on this day, and from here on out to the, to the gospel ministry and the, the power of God that comes with that. Thank you, Jesus. And just a couple of you, if you've got something, go ahead and declare it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Mel, I just get the two words, grace and freedom. You're going to rise up and you're going to experience a new freedom in this calling. You're going to experience freedom in your relationship with God. You're going to outwork your ministry out of that place of freedom. You're not bound by rules and legislations. You are free to operate as a daughter of this house and of your Father. And know that you're graced for this season. You know, we talk about you don't want your children to suffer for the sake of the ministry, but your Proverbs 31, your children are going to rise up and call you blessed. You're leaving a heritage for your children, you and Simon. Your children are going to be blessed because of the, the step of faith that you made today. So Father, today we just declare freedom over Mel and Simon and their family. We thank you, Lord, for your grace. She's graced for this time, for this season. And I thank you, Lord, that the fruit of her ministry is hundredfold, thousandfold. And we declare that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I was praying for you this morning, and I just asked God to give me a picture or a word for you. And uh, I saw saw a sledgehammer, and then he reminded me of uh, Jehu uh, in the Old Testament. Mm. And uh, he he tore down strongholds. He tore down and... um, things that were binding people and so I saw um, that your words were like a sledgehammer that they they 
help break things over people's lives, um, breaking chains, breaking you know things that are holding people back, keeping them captive. That that your life will help break things open and set the captives free and. And just like Jehu, he pulled down the things that kept people captive. So, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for the boldness, this sledgehammer, Lord, that uh, is going to set people free. And that um, Mel's life is just going to, as she goes, Lord, not even realizing people are going to be set free. Joy is going to enter people's world. Hope is going to enter people's world. And we just thank you, Lord, for all the future testimonies of the lives that have encountered Mel. And we just thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> yeah, Mel, I just declare over you right now uh, that you are a door to the community. I see people coming to you uh, to come through you into the church, uh, to become a part of the church, the body of Christ. And uh, I declare, just like uh, Rach said, I, I feel this real sense of a hundredfold blessing. Uh, coming over your life and I don't know what avenue that's yeah. going to sit in but I, that number just was so strong in my spirit a hundredfold blessing um, so God right now we just declare that over you uh, I know your scripture says that those that leave family and those that leave home and those that leave uh, for the ministry and for the calling of God Lord there is a hundredfold blessing yeah. uh, for them to walk into yeah. so we declare that over you right now uh, in Jesus name. yeah awesome so in the name of Jesus, we declare the Father's favor. You know how when the, in old times they used to have a dowry, they used to have a chest. Fathers would place all this stuff in that chest for the day that his daughter would become a bride. Father has this treasure chest in front of you, waiting, but now it's opened. This day it's open because he's going to release gifts and grace and favor and abundance on people's lives because this day you've stepped into your anointing, into your calling, into the Father's destiny for your life. And he sees that. And as a father in heaven, he's proud of you. He says, this is my daughter with her. I'm incredibly pleased. So he opens the chest and he's releasing that prophetically. I declare he's releasing grace. He's releasing jewels. He's releasing gold on people's lives. To bring healing to the broken. Bring life to the dead. Direction to the lost. Bring building to the body. God, there'll be an acceleration in Mel of wisdom and ability with this anointing. She's going to speak your word, and with that word now, it'll be different than before. It'll come like a sharp two-edged sword. It'll come with authority. It'll come with power. It'll come with freedom. So God, as a church, we stand and we recognize this. We loose this. We partner with this. We support this, and we are with you through the good and the bad. And rejoicing even this day that the Father is pleased with you. So we anoint you. As a pastoral team, we anoint you to the pastoral calling to care for his people, to build his people, to, to empower his people to be everything they're called to be, to hear their calling, to know their walk. God, she's going to preach in a minute. I pray your word will be like Jeremiah said, a fire burning within her bones, and she not dare try to contain it. 
So God, as she looses it, God, I pray knowing it's going to come with authority and power. We set her aside for this calling to the ministry in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Awesome. That's it. We're going to give you this. Hang on. You guys go ahead if you want to. You stay here, Mel. Honey, you're going to have to go. You gotta, she's got to go to Northwest and, and dedicate our staff over there. But can, I'm just going to do this. Can you guys come up? Parents, Simon, and the kids that are in here, you guys come up. You can come with mom for this. And you hold this. I'm going to get out of the way. Murray's going to take a picture of you guys with your family. Step into the light. Where are you, Murray? There you go, Mazza. Hey, so it'd be good to get, even though it looks like two of them have gone to kids. Come on over, Mr. Zach. honored to be speaking with you today and um, God has put a word in my heart that I'm very excited to bring to you and um, you know this has been a journey for me and I remember about two years ago God kept telling me very clearly he kept saying jump off the cliff Mel and um, I kept saying well God what's the contract like you know where's the what are you going to do when I jump off the cliff and and he wouldn't give me the answers and I was probably looking for that a little bit in Pastor Keith, but he wouldn't give me the answers either. Um, but standing here today is me jumping off the cliff. But what God has given me is a complete faith and a surety in my soul, in my spirit, that if I jump, he will be there to catch me, to guide me, to accelerate me, to enable everything that he's called me to be to come to pass. And I'm confident in that. So I don't jump today with a fear um, I jump with a great excitement. I jump with an awareness that he is with me, and um, I'm very thankful for that. I wanted to read you um, Ephesians 4, 11 to 13 has been a very pivotal verse for me, but I wanted to read it in the message version. It says, until, so this is for us, church, until we are all moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's Son, fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive like Christ. And I love that picture of the church. That is us, church. That is what I am here to help inspire and bring about and to grow and to vest into you so that we will become this. And I have this crazy dream that we will be this. And not just in glimpses, but in the absolute fullness of it. Because that's what changes our city. And that's on my heart, that people would know God. And I heard this song, um, Newcastle has music awards, I didn't realise they did. But I heard this song that won the best single in Newcastle. And um, it's called Jesus Let Me Fly. But it's all about how Jesus, you promised that you were all these things, but you're not. So now let me go. And it's sung from a generation who haven't seen the true Jesus because that is not. Jesus is everything that he said he is. And the church is everything that God designed and destined it to be. And even though it hasn't been represented well in all spheres, doesn't change the truth of what it is. 
And God's picture of the church is this beautiful picture that we are fully mature adults in our own faith. We are fully developed. We are not dependent. We are not being tossed to and fro, but we are fully alive in Christ. And when people see that, they see God. But anyway, I could preach a whole sermon on that. So today we are, I guess, at the end of our series on Clearview. And it's been a series on dreams. And um, it's been a great series to begin the new year. And um, we do often start New Year's. We start them and we see them as new canvases. And we either set New Year's resolutions or resolves, as Pastor Christina encouraged us to do. We look at all the areas of our life. But I love the heart behind this series, which was at the beginning of this year, have a look at what God's dream is for your life. Because it says, you know, if we seek first the kingdom of God, then all these things will be added. And so if we seek God's dream for our life, I can guarantee you that the other areas of your life will come into alignment and you will see the things that you hope for in your finances, in your family, in your health, in your work, in your ministry. So I love that we're spending the time on finding what God's dream is for our life. And uh, Pastor Simo opened it up with get a dream, you know, and, and make... Find what the God dream is for you, not just a good idea, but what's God put in your heart. And it's going to be bigger than what you would put the limits around yourself, but be confident in that. And Pastor Nate followed on for us and he spoke about the attitude of vision. And I loved what he said, we take small steps seated in faith because it takes time to outwork a dream. And what are we doing in that outworking time? And then Pastor Keith talked about inclusivity. And I did spend a lot of Wednesdays in his office chatting through the calling. But Pastor Keith, you should be happy. I only came in Wednesdays because Simon had it the other six days. And I am very honoring of my husband who has put up with a lot of questions and a lot of asking, what's the dream? But it's really important because I stand here now not just... Um, on my own, I know that I have God's backing, but I also know that I have the confirmation and the affirmation of people who know me and people who often saw it on me before I even saw it myself. And that's really, really important. So here we are, week four. And I have to let you know that this is not actually the final step in the dream. It's not actually the thing that ends it, but it's what starts it. It's the thing that actually carries the dream to fulfillment. It's the beginning, it's the middle, and it will be there at the end. It's the reason that I'm standing here today. It's the reason that I've just been ordained as a pastor and that I'm looking at the future of all that we could be, church. And that is the anointing. Now, I'll be completely honest with you. When I found out that I was preaching on the anointing, I got really nervous and I thought... I don't know what to say. I don't know how I can preach this to you. Surely Pastor Keith would be better at this because when I think of the anointing, I think of a few things. I had oil coming to mind. I had flowing robes. There might be some incense in there. Um, we talk about the anointing. Oh, did you feel the anointing? We talk about it as a feeling. We talk about it um, as a power encounter. But for me to get up to you and speak to you about anointing in the context of the dream... I was at a bit of a loss. So I started digging. And then God reminded me of this prophetic word that Pastor Keith spoke about. And it's a word, let me tell you, that I have read so many times. 
and I have meditated on it and I, it has been so significant for me in walking this journey and particularly in the last two years I have referred back to it. I have done what Pastor Nate said and it's up on my board in my room in front of my face so that I can see it every morning that I wake up and um, so I thought I'll go back and read it and this is where God sometimes exposes your humanness because when I read the prophetic word the entire first half of it and really it's the context of the entire word is on the anointing so I wanted to read it to you today so it'll be up on the screen behind you So this was a word Pastor Keith gave me in a 2006 vision service. I'd only been at church for three years. I was his face in the crowd and he called me out the front. And it's been a word that has directed my life. It's it's very, very significant. And God has spoken to me through it. And it said, there's an anointing on you. It's It's on you, not a concept. There's something around your life that's going to break things open for the kingdom of God. People will be drawn to it. People will find life because they connect with you. But God's put a big thing on you to build. This is not some kind of little thing, day to day, just plodding along faithfully. There is something on you that will be broken open very soon that's going to start building. I can see builder. There is an anointing on you that is beyond your strength, your education and your ability that's going to build. And then it went on from there and it talked about all these great things like power encounters and telling demons to flee and having a fighting spirit and there's no fear in me for that. And um, to be honest, I've read this word so many times and I've gone, yeah, God, bring it on. Where's the power? Let's go. I'm ready. Let's get out there. But I've never actually stopped and seen the anointing. So I know why I'm preaching this to you today, because I don't come with wise and persuasive words, but I come with a revelation that has changed my life because I actually understand now what the anointing is. And I look back over these last, you know, 15 years and particularly the last couple, and I think if I had known this and if I had understood this, wow, things would have looked really different. And I would have done a lot less complaining and probably a lot more rejoicing. And I think I would have stood in a lot more confident faith and assurity that God was outworking the plan instead of constantly asking him, God, what is the plan? Where's the plan? Why can't I see it? Where's the power? What's happening? And if I'd known this understand, uh, known this anointing, I, I just would have been able to rest in it because that's what the anointing brings. So I was thinking, okay, God, how, how do I explain this? And before we actually break it down and look at what the anointing is, he reminded me that knowing the anointing is like knowing that you are a son or a daughter of Christ. So when you know that you are a son or a daughter, it completely changes the way you view yourself and the way that you view everything that you do, your position, your posture. It changes your resources. It changes the way you live your life. Knowing the anointing does the same thing. Knowing the anointing is so important in this context of the dream because it shows us that it's not a good idea that we're following, but it's a God idea. And if he has ordained it to happen, then he will provide you with the resources. He will empower you to do that dream. So the anointing actually enables you to live out the dream, not in your own strength, but in his strength. And it changes. It's, it's like it's the lens that we must view the dream through. And I felt that so important for today because, you know, beginning of the year, we're looking at dreams. We may have been thinking about our dreams. We've been walking through this series. And as we finish today, I guess the really important thing is we don't want to just walk out 
and not understand the context at which we're going to walk out our dream in. Because it's what's going to help it not just be a good series that we've then forgotten about next week, but something that we're walking in every day. So are you keen to know about the anointing? Please. I hope you said yes. So I did actually know this, because if you've been around Pastor Keith long enough, then you will have heard him go through this little Greek word flowchart, which looks at the word of anoint. So um, the word in Greek is krio. Don't judge me on my pronunciation. And that means to anoint, which is where we get the name Christos, which is Christ, which means anointed one, which is then where we get the word Christianos, which is Christians, which is us, which means anointed ones. So we can see the flow. We can see where we come from, which is why it's really important to know that you are anointed, like knowing that you are in Christ who is the anointed one, which means you walk in his inheritance, which means you are the anointed ones. And to anoint meant, in one context, for this context, to smear or rub. And the idea, they used to smear or rub oil on people, and the oil represented the flow of the Holy Spirit, which was the empowering Spirit of God. And it was also a designation that that person was divinely authorized by God for a purpose. So this word anoint, which is where we get the anointing from, means that a person, that you, are divinely authorized by God for a purpose and you are empowered to actually outwork that purpose. So God will anoint you for the dream that he gives you. But still, let's break it down because I'll tell you that if you choose to follow the dream that God's got for you, then there will be multiple opportunities where the devil will come Sometimes it's people closest to you will come and say, really, are you really anointed for that? Like, are you really called for that? Did you really think that you could do that? And you need to be able to stand solid and firm and say, I am anointed. I am chosen by God. I am called by God. I'm empowered by God. And I am sent by God for this purpose. Full stop. You need to be secure in that. Otherwise, you will be blown about and tossed and you will not see that dream come to pass. It's not easy to outwork the dream of God, but it's the best thing that you'll actually ever do. It's not easier not to walk in the dream that God's got for you, even though sometimes walking the dream has its turbulent times. But I'll let you in on a truth. Life is turbulent. Whether you choose to walk the dream or not, you will come across difficult days. You will have turbulence. But when you choose to walk in the dream and you stay under this anointing, it is the best way that you can walk life. And you have something with you when you get to those hard times. So that's what we're going to look at. So let's break it down. So firstly, we're going to start with an Old Testament example because I thought after my inability to see the revelation in the prophetic word, then I better start with something very simple that you are able to understand quite easily. So we're going to go to the story of David, who was anointed by Saul. Not Saul, sorry. David, anointed by Samuel to be king. And in 1 Samuel 16, 1, it says, God says to Samuel, Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. And if you've been around long enough, you'll know the story that Samuel then goes to Bethlehem, he finds Jesse, he finds the sons, they line up in front of him and he looks at the first son and goes, surely the Lord's anointed one stands here. 
And the Lord says to him, no, I don't look at what man looks at. I look at the heart. And then it's on repeat down through each of the sons. Surely this one. No, not this one. Not this one. I haven't chosen this one. And it's not that those brothers were not chosen for something else. But God had a specific purpose for someone who was chosen to be the king of Israel. And they get to the end and there's still no one there. And they ask, do you have any more sons? So they go out the back, fetch the shepherd boy, David, who is out tending the sheep and they bring him in. And we pick it up at the end of verse 12. And God says, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon him powerfully. The first truth of the anointing and the foundation that has to go under the entire dream is that you are chosen by God. It is not an accident that you have been given this dream. It's not a case of being in the right place at the right time because David wasn't even there. It's not about what you can do or your strengths and abilities because at this point, David hadn't built a team or you know, spoken from a platform or he wasn't even allowed to go to war. He, he hadn't done anything significant other than protect the sheep. He was an unknown shepherd boy, but he was known by God and he was chosen very specifically for the purpose of being the king of Israel. The anointing of God, like knowing this anointing, knowing that you are chosen releases a weight of expectation upon you. It releases that weight because you didn't think this up. This was God's call and God's chosen you to do it. So the expectation's off you because he will come through you and do that. I love that God showed us this again in Jesus. And, you know, if you read in Revelation 13, 8, it says that Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world. He was the lamb that was slain. Jesus wasn't a plan B, but God chose him from the beginning of time to come and rescue you. He chose him before you were even created. He knew that he would need somebody to come and rescue you from your sin. And he chose Jesus to do that. Jesus was anointed and he was chosen by God. And you might be sitting there and saying, well, that's very good, Mel. But David, Jesus, they're kind of bigwigs. They might be chosen, but I'm just me. I'm not chosen. If you can find me a scripture in the Bible that says that, then I will happily have a conversation with you about that. Because all I find throughout the entire Bible is how you are chosen. You are chosen by God to be his son and his daughter first and foremost. But you are also chosen by God for a purpose. You may not have a purpose to be the king. You may not have a purpose to be the pastor. But there isn't a level of purposes that's more important than the other. God has chosen you for the very thing that he has called you for. And that is just as important as what he's called me for. And you need to be confident in that and know that there is a dream for you. I really felt that some of you there have listened to this series and gone... That's all very nice, but I'm just in my life and, and I, can't, I can't possibly have a dream like that. And I want to tell you that God has chosen you for a dream. He has chosen you for it. In John 15, 16, it says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you 
so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. You know, you are not David, you are not Jesus, but you are absolutely chosen. Now, not only are you chosen, but you are called. God won't choose you for something and not do something about it. He calls you. In Matthew 5, 18 to 22, it says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And it goes on that he also went to James and John, and he said, follow me. Jesus will always follow the choice with a call. And what an amazing example we have in these disciples in that they responded immediately to God's call. When you hear that call, that is a sign of the anointing on your life. You know, and I sense this call in my spirit. We've talked about this journey that I've been on for a long time. And I want to let you on in our truth. There is the call for your life. But like Pastor Nate Nate preached, there's little calls that come along the way. And how you are obedient to those little calls determines whether you will walk into the big call that God has got for you. So there were times where I'm saying, God, where's the dream? And he would say to me, serve on the church board. Serve your husband's dream. Serve your children. Serve on the hospitality team. Serve in the church office. And every time I responded to one of those calls, he led me on this journey to the point where I am today. So God will call you. And you will be refined in that process and you will find the dream that God has for you. So we are chosen, we are called, but to what? Pastor Simo said that the dream is big. So if it's bigger than us, how do we do that? The third truth of the anointing is that you are empowered. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit. This is where the oil comes in. The oil always represented the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. And he will empower you with gifts and with abilities. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And David, it said when he was anointed, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. I love this quote. It says, God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. It's not about what you have that determines whether you have the dream. You are qualified by God and he empowers you to outwork the dream. Not only in the power of the Spirit, but he will enable you with gifts and abilities that you need to outwork the purpose that he has for your life. You know, it's not an instant power fix that makes everything easy. And here's something I love about the empowering of the Spirit. I was flowing through the story of Stephen in the Bible. Now, Stephen was chosen by the church to outwork an administration task. But it says in verse 8, Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great signs and wonders among the people. He was full of the Spirit and empowered by the Spirit to do his task, which was an administration task, but it still had a great Spirit's purpose on it. And he was hauled in front of the Pharisees and he was told to give an account for what he was doing. And he spoke with this great boldness and this great wisdom. And I love that. But here's what, sometimes we stop at the good points of the story because we don't want to read the rest because we find out that he was martyred for his faith and that's not very cool because I don't really want to go into a dream where that's going to happen. But if we don't read the full scripture, we miss the important keys that down the bottom in Acts 7, 55, it says, Stephen, 
full of the Holy Spirit, looked to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. He is doing this while these men are getting angrier and angrier and angrier at him. They haul him out of the city. They begin stoning him. And in that moment, Stephen prays, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Do not hold this sin against him. I tell you, the anointing means that you are empowered, whether you are on the mountaintop or whether you are down in the valley and in the wasteland. And it's that confidence assurance that the Spirit is with you in all of those places that enable you to walk the dream right through to completion. So you are called, you are chosen, you are empowered, and you are sent. It's really important now that when you know these things and understand them, that you stay under the anointing and you get sent by God. Anyone can go, but when you walk under the anointing, you are sent. It says in Luke 9.1, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons, cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. They weren't just told to go. They were sent by God. He sent them out to go and do all those things. When you are sent, there is a connection between you and the one who sends you. So when you outwork the dream of God and you stay under the anointing that he has placed on you, you don't go out on your own, but you go out with heaven's backing. You go out with the approval of God. You go out with the backing of your church. You go out with the resources of heaven, you go out with power and authority. And it is so important that when you're outworking that dream, that that is how you go. So church, now when I look back on this prophetic word that I was given in 2006, the most significant change for me is that I don't see me in it anymore. And that's what I was seeing all along. But what I see is I see God. And I see the anointing that he has placed on me. And I see the one who gave that anointing to me and I, I'm humbled by it. And I feel like you look at this word and you think, how God, how could that possibly happen? But when you see the anointing and when you submit to it and you choose to walk in it, then that weight of expectation is released from you. Because you don't, I don't have to make this happen on my own. Church, you don't have to make this happen on your own. Your responsibility is to know the dream, to know that you were chosen, to respond to the call, to allow the Holy Spirit to do his work within you, and then to go where he tells you to go. And you rest in that and you find security in that. Now, what I wanted to do today is, I don't want this series just to be a nice series that gets wrapped up and then we walk out there and we forget, because I'm very aware that this week we have school starting, you know, work deadlines are starting to pour in. We're nearly in the second month of the year and it's that time where things start and things get busy. And, and what I want to do is I just really felt that God asked these four questions and, and um, he was speaking to your heart. And these questions are going to resonate with you because you are all on a different place in the dream. You're all at a different place process with God and what's really important is that you understand where you are in that dream and respond to what God's asking you to do next. So these were the questions that God asked. 
Church, is your heart open for the dream? You know there is an anointing on some of you for the very things that our city needs to know God, for the very things that our church needs to be able to go out there and impact our city for the kingdom of God, like our vision statement says. There are dreams inside of you, big and small, that will actually release really significant things. But are you open for it? Is there been this place that you've closed off in your heart and perhaps not seen or not been willing because you don't think that you're good enough? The anointing releases you from that weight. Are you willing to see? The next question that he asked me is, are you obedient to the next step? It's really important that you know, church, that it's not always the big things that you're stepping into, but sometimes it's the little things. You have to hear God and hear him ask you, what is the next step? And take that step when he tells you. Sometimes the very oddest steps are the things that will release you into your dream. When Pastor Keith asked me to serve on the church board, it was way out of my planning. I, I, I couldn't think of how that would fit with what God had called for me. But I knew in my spirit that God told me to do it. And I sat on that board for two years going, God, why am I here? This is not me. I, I don't think the way that these guys do. But God has taken me on a journey in that, which has grown me, refined me. And what it did is it gave me an incredible love for the church. I saw the best and the worst of the church. And all it did in my heart was love what God created, love what God designed, and want to be a part of seeing that come to pass. So church, maybe God is calling you to a next step, and maybe it doesn't seem to fit in with what you see the dream is. But if you know it's from God, then you need to step into that and accept that call. The third question that I felt God say is, are you allowing the Holy Spirit to empower you? There are some new things that the Spirit is doing, some new things that He's wanting to release. And I really sense that for some of you, there's a resistance to that because it's new and it's a bit out there and it's a bit different. But if God is calling you and if the Holy Spirit is knocking and wanting to have full access to your soul and your spirit, then will you let Him in? Will you allow Him to work His power through your life? And the final question that I felt God ask is, are you willing to step out of your comfort zone? Are you willing to take that step that God is sending you to? Sometimes there'll be a tension and it will take a leap of faith. But if you're sent, you know with you go, you go with the approval of heaven. So I want to ask you, church, you've got your books in front of you. You've got your pens. You've got your phone. Pull it out. I was going to do it on a piece of paper, but we, I forgot that. Because I don't want you to walk away today without actually doing something. So the Word of God only is knowledge if we don't actually act on it. And I don't want this series just to be a good series of information that we don't do something purposefully to act on it. If it's meant to become a resolve, like Pastor Christina spoke way back at the beginning, then we actually have to act on the truth of God. So I want you to get your journals, get your phones, and I want you to write down what is God saying to you through these four questions? Maybe it's about your heart being open for the dream. Is your heart open for the dream? Are you obedient to the next step? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to empower you? 
and have you been sent? Or are you going on your own? So write that down. And this week, I want you to go home and I want you to write it on something and stick it up on your fridge, on your car, on your bathroom mirror, beside your bed, where you will see it and choose this week to respond to God and ask Him, how will I outwork this? So this isn't just a good series. So church, I'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to say this together. We're going to say together that I am anointed, that I am chosen, that I am called, that I am empowered and that I am sent. And you might need to say this over and over and over this week until you believe it. But that is what the anointing is. The anointing is this covering that sits over you and it enables you to outwork the dream that God has placed in your heart. And if you walk outside of that anointing, it'll be hard work. But if you stay in that anointing and you understand it and you apply it to your life, then I guarantee you that the dream that God has placed in your heart will come to pass. And we need every one of your dreams. This is not about my dream or the dream of the pastors that sit on the front row. We need you, church. We need you to live out the dream that God has placed in your heart. We need you to let go of the limitations and the I can'ts and the things that hold you back. Because your best life, it's not a cliche, your best life is found in walking the dream. I am a living testimony of that. The journey is not easy, but it is the best one you'll ever go on. So church, can we say this together? It's gonna be up on the screen. I am anointed. I am chosen. I am called. I am empowered and I am sent. Now you need to say it again with a bit of gusto because this has got guts behind it. This is God telling you that this is what you are. So we're going to say, let's say, you say it with me. I am anointed. I am chosen. I am called. I am empowered. And I am sent. In the name of Jesus, God, I declare over this church, God, that they are chosen by you every one of them in the name of Jesus. They are called by you to a great purpose. They are empowered by your Holy Spirit and they are sent with heaven's approval. And God, the, this city has not seen what it is that you are gonna do, but God, it is glorious. And you are raising the name of your church. You are restoring the beauty of your church, God, of your people, Lord. You are true and everything that you have promised, God, will come to pass. Everything that you say you are, Jesus, you are. And we declare you worthy. We declare you glorious. In Jesus' name, amen. Just keep your heads bowed. Awesome. Just, just bow your heads. Just as before we close, bow your heads. Close your eyes one more time. Just an incredible, most important point that Mel made in there is that God has chosen each of us, and first and foremost, to be his son, to be his daughter. And the Bible actually says that that calling, in one version it says, God never regrets that He chose you, which is an amazing thing. But here this morning, you might not know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is your Father, that His Son Jesus died on a cross for you. And He did that not just as a religious martyr, He did that as a Savior. 
we were separated from God. Our sin, our wrong had separated us. And there was only one way for that to be bridged. And that was through the cross where Jesus paid the price for our sins. And in that, God is saying, I am initiating the point of choosing you long before you choose me because I sent my one and only son for you because I have chosen you. And he will bring you home to me. Just close your eyes for a minute. If you don't know that, beyond any doubt, that's more important than anything you do. It's who you are. Are you his child? And if you don't know that, the good news, the great news, the Bible calls it the good news, is that you can know that beyond any doubt here and now, this day. How? The Bible says that we have all sinned against God, and the wages of that sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And all it takes is recognizing Jesus is the Son of God. He died in my place. He paid for my sin. He brought me home to the Father. I receive Him now as my Savior. And I trust Him. I don't just believe, I trust Him. From here on out for the rest of my life. And you might pray something like this. Dear God, I know I've sinned against You. And I know I've lived without You. And I'm sorry. But I know long before I loved you, you loved me. And I don't come to you because I'm worthy to be in your presence. I come because I'm asking forgiveness. And I'm receiving your son as my savior. I know he died on the cross for me. Save me now. Receive me. Cleanse my heart and make me clean. I believe in you. I trust you. And I receive you now. I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, just praying that prayer, it's not the words of the prayer that make it so. It's the trust in your heart that you trust that what Jesus did and what the Father has done, He did it for you. And if you have done that today, we really want to talk to you. We don't want to, we're not out to buttonhole people, but I'm telling you, this is the greatest thing that could ever happen in your life. It's not some little insignificant thing. And we'd love to talk to you. Some of the pastors or maybe even Mel will meet you down the front. We'd love to take the Word of God and open it, show you how much God loves you and what He's done for you in uh, giving of His only Son. I love that quote that Mel made. It's actually in the book, Unqualified, by Pastor Stephen Furtick. God doesn't call the qualified. Hey, I wouldn't have been there if that was the case. He doesn't call the qualified, but he, but he, he qualifies the called. And he'll qualify you, which is an awesome thing. Thank you for that message today, Mel. That's awesome. So glad to have you on team. Just have a, have a quick seat. Have a quick seat. Just a couple more things to do. Uh, I'm going to invite Pastor Christina up. I can't believe, turn around looking how young the staff is. They can't believe how old I'm getting. I'm not old. Just vintage. That's the word now, vintage. <laughs> yeah, that's trendy. You guys had an say. awesome conference this week. Yeah, camp was Incredible amazing. Thing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. It was, um, it's actually hard to find the words to to fully um, describe what happened. Um, right. It was just incredible, you know, the 
power of God, particularly on the last night, I believe that it's a night that um, our young people, our church is actually going to be talking about for a long time because, you know, we were seeking the Holy Spirit for young people and we were praying that he would come and, and change lives. And he came in a way that was greater than what we prayed for. Right. It was even bigger right. than what we had expected. And um, I just want to quickly share with you, you know, we had so many amazing moments at camp um, so many. I wish I could go into detail over all of them. Um, but we saw young people who have grown up in church, who have grown up in this house, just get swept up in the presence of God in a way that they never have wow. before. Wow. And that was the moment for so many of our youth where it went from growing up in church uh -huh. to I know God is real and nothing is ever going to change that. Nothing is ever going to change that. So good. It's just, yeah, that's our little catchphrase. If you hear people yelling out, so good. We're just so excited. Yeah, we, we heard um, from some parents that, man, they just, some of the kids got this power encounter with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Speaking we, in tongues and all kinds of things. Yeah, happen. we had, Church kids. Yes. Yep. Church kids need to be saved Exa also. Exactly. Yeah, yeah we, we actually had um, some church teenagers respond to the older call. We saw about 20 salvations wow. at camp. Um, so that was a mixture of um, unchurched and church um, teenagers and for um, some of them they'd been coming to camp from other youth ministries for years coming to youth for a long time but never made a decision right. for Jesus right. and they accepted him and it was yeah. just amazing and um, yeah so we did have young people speaking in tongues I saw some of our young people just fell over in the power of God with no one praying for them no one around them it was just wow. only the Holy Spirit you know we, we thought oh God you know please uh, help us to make this happen. And he kind of just laughed and said, I'm already there. Um, <laughs> you don't need to do anything. And um, our young people were praying for each other. They were getting prophetic words. It was just absolutely amazing. And wow. there's just this one sentence that stuck out in my mind in particular um, from a young girl who um, a, a church teenager actually brought her along and, and has been bringing her to youth. And she came up and told me after that last night, she said, I've always felt like the whole world hated me and tonight God took that feeling away. Wow. Isn't that just amazing? That's good. That's, that's yeah. good. I, this, this is the reason why we give. That's right. Absolutely. You know, in a family, everyone contributes. And we saw that in just Excel so this week, so many ways. And um, through our faithful giving, that is one, just right. one of the many ways right. that we do contribute. And we saw so many people um, come and give their time to be camp parents mm -hmm. or provide amazing food or just so many different ways that we saw people come and contribute. And we've also seen um, the faithful giving of this house get a lot of people to camp. And we just want to thank you, church. Like, aren't you proud right. to be part of this right. family called C3 Victory? We're not just propping up budgets. We're actually changing. Lives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and the change is, I think, greater than we can ever know, greater than we can ever understand. Um, it goes so far beyond what we yeah. can see and, and hear. And I really believe that, you know, that the changes are going to go into the generations after us. Right. And, and, and that's what it's all about. It's not just about us here and now. And so, church, um, we are going to um, prepare to give our tithes and offerings. If you've already given online this week, then um, I would love to, to include you in this prayer. And um, we're just going to pray together and, and just with a grateful heart, I think, this morning, you know, with thanksgiving to God. Of God, thank you that you can take what little we give and multiply it right. by so right. much. You can take what time we have, the, the finances that we have, and you can change it and make it so much bigger than what we could. So hold your offering in your hand, church. Look, God, I thank you that we get to be a part of this family. Thank you for the privilege, God.
Thank you for the privilege of banding together for your vision, God, for what you want to see, Lord. Thank you that together we are seeing people of all ages, Lord, coming to meet you, God. And we just thank you that, Lord, through our giving, through the small things that we can do, God, that you change them to be transforming steps of faith in Jesus' name. Bless everyone as they give. Amen. Awesome. Good. Thank you. Take that with you. I don't need that. That's good. Hey, just bless you while you're giving. Just a couple of announcements. Uh, college, C3 College is starting soon uh, on the 6th of, not the 6th, 13th of Feb. Church Prayer is on the 6th, but C3 College is starting on the 13th. It's about platform ministries. If you're interested in starting to just search out that thing of maybe God's called you to preach or to teach or to, to uh, do platform ministries, it's in our ministry center. It starts on the 13th. See Trish Collin, wave Trish. See, Trish, she'll help you with all the details of that uh, as that starts in a couple of weeks. But really the powerhouse, the engine room of the church uh, starts not this coming Tuesday, but the following Tuesday, which is church prayer on the 6th. So make sure you're there for that because that's where you just really get fired up and we see God do amazing things. Hey, it's that time of the year also where people shift and they move and they get jobs and things. And uh, Abe and Kate, have, uh, where are you guys? Right in the middle. Served here for a long time. Love you, and we're going to miss you, but we know this is the next part of your journey. Uh, have a job in Sydney, so why don't you two guys stand up? We're going to farewell you, but also Ruvay's moving to Sydney. Where are you, Ruvay? Good. You stand up also. You guys near them, just lay hands on them. We're going to thank God for them. They've served in this house for years. Uh, seen Ruvay from in the kids' ministry kind of come up to a, a brilliant young lady in the creative arts and God's going to take her from strength to strength. Abe's got a new job in Sydney and they found a home down there and God's going to do great things in and through them. Father, we thank you for them. Thank you for their lives. They're your kids. Uh, you have mapped out the plan of their life and you say it's for good and uh, that you want to bless them and prosper them. And we thank you for them. We thank you for their love for you most of all. We thank you for their love for your house. We thank you for their love for your people. And God, we pray uh, knowing that you have prepared the way before them. And you will open doors that no man can shut. And so, Father, I thank you that doors have already been opened and they're stepping through into a new venture. And so, God, we bless them. We love them. We, we know that your presence is upon them. And we pray, God, as they go, that, uh, Lord, they will continue to make impact in this world for your kingdom. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, guys, great morning. Make sure you have coffee out there for your guest. We do have coffee out there at a, at a visitor's table for you. And I'd like to say thanks for coming. And uh, just have a good day. I think there might be some hangouts again today if it's on the screen. Have a great day, church. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.